Welcome to the Jada Edwards Podcast, where I get to take a few moments to share with you what God is sharing with me. I am with uh, the amazing Ruth Simmons, and she is Grace Laced to many of you. Recently changed your Instagram name to like your name name. And so yes. when I met you, you were Grace Laced. And so I was like, oh, that's the girl. And so we got to meet up at conference. And of course, we became instant instant friends because she is just so endearing and genuinely sweet and genuinely kind and you kind of make me slow down and you're reflective and I love all that and then I always tell you I live vicariously through your life so I'm I'm in the mountains with my man cubs and we're going on a hike and (laughs) I sure hope you still come out someday I'd love to get our families together I am. I am. Well, I wanted to, I was going to ask you some things about just your gifting with art and how that led to ministry. And I do want to talk about that, Mm -hmm. but I feel like we're already in this place about your latest book, When Striving Cease. And, you know, specifically you were talking about what it meant as a writer and dealing with deadlines and publishing, just all the things that come with Mm -hmm. making something packageable or deliverable that that God gives you but I think the truth is that for anybody even if you're not an author or a writer or a teacher um, we all feel like and not just women we all feel like we have to just be in this hurry to to mm-hmm. reach some goal or some finish line and I think many of us whether you're a businessman or an athlete or a teacher or stay-at-home mom most of us look back at some early point in our lives maybe even childhood And we remember the purity of this thing that God gave us. (laughs) And then we look at our lives and we see how strange it's become. And so I think the striving can create that kind of distortion. So, so tell me a little bit about like just the heart behind this book and, and even your journey of having to not strive while you're writing when striving. Yeah. I mean, it, it took me just a couple of days of being in launch week to realize I just wrote a book about not striving about how unproductive striving is, but I've released it as an author in an industry that in a lot of ways rewards striving. In -hmm. a lot of ways says, just work a little bit harder, do Mm -hmm. a few more podcasts, just keep on going, push harder, push harder, make more asks, keep selling. And, And there's a reward that comes for that kind of pushing. And sometimes that line gets blurred where you don't remember where your stewardship and excellence is ends Mm. and when it's starting to be striving because you're anxiously trying to gain something that you don't trust God for. Mm. And that's the way Mm. I like to kind of think about this kind of self-striving, the striving in our own strength, because we're not talking about Mm. um, not working hard, right? Working unto the Lord. We're talking about when we're striving because we don't really believe that God will give us his best. So we're kind of like, I will gain the popularity I want, the fruitfulness I need. I will Uh, pursue the dreams that I want. I'll make sure my kids turn out the way that I want them to turn out Mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. because I'm fearful that I won't have the approval of others or approval from God if I don't orchestrate it all the same way. And so I think, you know, I don't know, Jada, you and I have been on multiple stages together. And I would just Mm -hmm. say, I think, you know, what you said earlier when we were, um, you know, off camera first was just that we have to stay real close to Jesus because it is so easy to make an idol of your own work, mm-hmm. of your own skills, mm-hmm. of your own talents. That thing that God gave you in the first right. place for his, right. for his pleasure, for us to return it back mm-hmm. to him, for us to be in Mago Day and reflect his glory in doing, mm-hmm. whether that's 
because you're a good storyteller or you're a good artist or you sing well or you dance well, mm -hmm. or maybe you're incredibly good at baking banana bread and taking it to all your neighbors, whatever you're right. good at yes, can yeah. turn into that thing that you go, well, wait, where's the kudos for me doing right. a good job? How right. do I measure whether or not people see me in what I do? And for mm -hmm. you and me, like for the places that we seek to love Jesus and bring others to him so many times, it's not the same as the local church. I don't know, maybe I'm going too far into this conversation, but I'll just yeah, say a lot of times, you know, in the local church, we're day in, day out. When you teach a Bible study to the ladies mm -hmm. at your church, you're living life on. The, and that's one of the things I love most about you, Jada, is every time we get together, you're always talking about the women that you minister to in mm -hmm. your everyday life. You're not talking about lights, cameras, fog machines. You're talking about the people that you minister to week in and week out. I live in a small town in Colorado. I go to a teeny tiny church mm -hmm. and there is where you live life on life. You're teaching scriptures, yeah. you're building that together, but whether it's publishing or public speaking, or maybe even creating a really wonderful product, since I'm a business owner and I, an entrepreneur that creates products, it's really easy to feel like I'm taking all this and I need to make it so packaged that it's this one and done mm -hmm. like declaration of how my gifts must be used for God's glory. Right. And then you start measuring whether it was successful. Yeah. You mm -hmm. measure whether, hey, were lives changed when I gave that talk? Um, how many people bought my book? Did anybody buy that mm -hmm. product? And mm -hmm. we can't let those measurables, just like in our everyday lives, we can't go to Jesus and bring our achievements and mm -hmm. our track record as the basis by which we enter into his presence mm -hmm. um we can't use our gifts that way either yeah it's kind of it's it's really counterintuitive because even i have been challenged with I, i'm a three i'm an achiever let's more 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 better sure. better better and so <laughs> i have been challenged as god has called me to do certain things to not even compare the success not define success by comparing my current thing with my last thing because he's, oh girl because I've so been good. seeing yes. he, he's like listen you you may stumble on a purpose-driven life but Rick Warren will tell you the Lord does, does what he wants when he, <laughs> when he wants and so but but he's saying you may stumble on that and you may have something that is really well received and and really you can you can clearly tangibly see that it's blessing people's lives. Everybody loves your banana bread. Everybody's coming to your <laughs> Bible study, right, or, you know, right. whether it's your college dorm or everybody loves the way you run your business. Everybody wants to work for you. Your clientele's growing, whatever your thing is. And then God called you to do something else. And, and that thing is not as popular or doesn't get the same, doesn't give you the same return um, emotionally and all those yeah. things that the other thing did. And God is like, but this is just important because the importance is more about your alignment with what I'm asking you to do, Amen. not yeah. the response to it. And that has been a challenge for me to go, go through seasons where he's like, I'm asking you to do this and your obedience is not so you can guarantee some, you know, reciprocation or some uh, approval or recognition. Your obedience or is because you right? That, it, that, that, that is it, not, that there's that no not upward like trajectory. trajectory that like, no, my obedience is because you're taking me further on yes. into more that yeah. he and might we're And we're kind of assumed with next level. Like even yes. Christians are assumed, <laughs> we're kind of consumed with God yes. taking you to the next level. Yes. And I'm like, we yeah, talk but the like next, that so often. We do. And I'm we like, actually yeah, equate somehow obedience with you know, with, with the Lord being obligated somehow to take yes. you to the next level when yes. that is not 
that's not the gospel. That's not biblical. And what is the next level? It doesn't mean that it's upward and better. Sometimes the next level is a doggone valley. Sometimes (laughs) the next level is some, some stage of faith that you could not have endured well three years ago. So your next level might be the hardest level you've experienced. And so Yes, faith to faith, we're growing, but it, it doesn't have that that upward, it's not that chart with the, you know, rising trajectory that we're used to seeing. So I just think that idea of striving and understanding, mm-hmm. um, working hard as unto the Lord and, and working, trying to um, offset or manipulate the Lord or out, right. of, lack, out of lack of faith is really yeah. two different things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. And how has you talk a lot about your about your parenting journey, especially with six boys and y'all? I mean, I love watching your family. I know that's just a slice of life, but there's some great things that I see: the quiet time with their dad and the way y'all do birthdays. Just little things that have stuck out to me over the years. So, what has that looked like for you? Just this idea of striving, that the busyness that comes with trying to be a good mom, the comparison, the this, the that. What has that looked like for you as you've started to settle into a more enjoyable pace Mm. or an enjoyable approach to that yeah I love that you use the word enjoyable because I think right now having been a mom for 19 years I have my oldest is 19 and my youngest is eight I literally feel like I enjoy and I love motherhood in a way that I never thought would be possible Mm. because when I first came to being a mom and I would say we probably have a similar disposition personality wise um remember that feeling when you first you know, our mama and you're kind of going, there's got to be a handbook for this. There's got to be a formula for this. There's got to be a way in which I can tell this, part. this child does not go to jail, you know, yeah. like, or, or that this child does not yeah. end up, you does know, not die in my like, hand. Yes. Like, I mean, you, in your mind, you think, surely I wasn't entrusted with this human being that's this complex has so many issues that I don't relate to, that I can't yes. understand. And really, mm-hmm. if you look at my personality, I'm just going to ruin this person because <laughs> I'm not patient. I'm not kind. I don't have even the, the slightest idea how to turn the ship around. Like all those feelings yeah. that we as moms feel. And so the striving that comes out of that is that sense of, I got to figure out how to fix the problem. Problem mm-hmm. being ooh, that's ooh, girl. our kid, or our kids not being obedient, or our kids not having the right attitude, or the way Mm -hmm. I feel about motherhood, we got to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. And I just think a lot about how the root of all my striving always is the thought that I want to skip the process. I want to skip the part where I have to humble myself. I want to skip the part where I'm the one that's going to be sanctified and transformed. And I'd like Mm. to get part where I just succeed. So I'm going to now strive. I'm going to strive so that I can skip that part, skip all the hard stuff and get to the part where people go, good job. You're amazing. And God's like, I knew I gave you grace for a reason because you're so amazing. You're like, you know, (laughs) I mean, some silly thing that we don't say out loud, but in our back of our minds, we go, I'm going to show that I can get this done and I can do it right. And my kids won't be a nuisance or whatever it is. Yeah. And so I think it was, you know, several years in a million books later. And don't get me wrong. There are some really, really solid men and women who speak into wonderful parenting tips, wonderful thoughts. But the reality is, I think you can attest to this. There's no substitute for a mom or a dad who walks with the Lord and Mm -hmm. humbles herself and himself before the Lord and says, 
I don't know if I can do this. And Lord, short of you just transforming my life and mm-hmm. helping me apply the gospel of grace in my life every day, I won't know how to parent this child. So mm-hmm. it wasn't until I started understanding the, the amazing benefits of grace in my own life. It wasn't until then that I could turn around and apply that to my children and go, yeah. Hey, parent, like my, my training you and my calling mm-hmm. you out on something that isn't going right today. That's not so that you could just fix it and turn out to be a perfect child for the next two hours. Maybe yeah. it's that yeah. we're in process for the gospel yeah. to be on display, right? Process. The whole, the yeah. whole thing, every single day we get up and the whole make your bed, you know, go brush your teeth. Don't talk back, but mm-hmm. all those things really have nothing to do with us making sure that child turns out perfect and great. Mm-hmm. And we feel good about motherhood. It's actually every encounter is an opportunity for us to live out the gospel of Jesus and the benefits of grace. So, okay. You said something that just hit me when you said in process, man, I think what a challenge that is uh, parenting or when we feel like God has given us our purpose and we've got this vision we're pursuing, whether that vision is our children or some career or some, some ministry thing or whatever it is to, we rush and we kind of live in the place of the goal, the end goal, right? right? I want my kid to be this way, or I want this project or this work to turn out this way. When the truth is, and not to be morbid, God didn't even guarantee we're going to see the goal. He's like, first of all, I don't even, you don't know when I'm calling you home. So you're, you're obsessing with something that you don't even know for sure. I'm going to let you see, because a lot of times he gives us things that are, that are bigger than us, that are going to outlive us. Um, so I, what a shift to move toward this goal orientation, almost a fixation to yeah. really walking through and enjoying the process. Because yeah. I think what you said is so true. We try to bypass that. And that's actually where the good part is. Like if Jesus was born and went to the cross, I mean, we would not have a savior or if he just descended from heaven as a 33 year old man, yeah. you know, yeah. said a few things and went to the cross. It, it would not carry the same weight of a, of a savior who lived a perfect life and showed us humanity yeah. and discipled and wept and hurt and was vulnerable and built relationships. Like it's, there's so yeah. much in the ministry or the process of that, that he gave us that makes the cross weighty. And so, yeah. um, and everything else after that, you know, the resurrection and ascension, the coming of the Holy Spirit, all these things are weighty just because of the life of Christ. Yeah, and uh, such a rush to just get the, just to the get fruit there. of something rather than see how God is in process with us. You know, I, I think, Jada, about how, you know, sometimes um, I just think if we're two girlfriends, not on, on a podcast and not on an interview, and we're sitting at coffee and we were talking about this, and both of us were like, gosh, why am I rushing to try to meet this goal with my kids or meet this goal in my career? The, the honest question that I would ask both of us would be, what is it that we think we're going to get if we arrive? Like, what is right. it that we actually think is going to happen? Right. Because I think if we're really honest, we would say we're in this rush that you keep talking about, this rush and this, this goal-oriented, this, this idea that we could formulaically arrive at the thing we want to arrive at. Mm-hmm. And whoever's listening, you know, you can put in, you fill in the blank yourself. Yeah, you know, is that yeah. friends? Is that ministry goals? Is that to get published? Is that to have a spouse? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. obedient children. What is it that you think you're going to have? <laughs> that was funny. 
<laughs> what is it that you think you're going to achieve yeah. or gain? And what is the inner, because it's more than I'm tired and I just really feel like I just want my kids to be easier. Mm-hmm. What is it inside of us that we feel like we're missing when we don't have that? So the honest truth yeah. is it's usually something that was meant to be given by Jesus alone. Absolutely. It's usually meant to, it's usually something like satisfaction. Yeah belonging, mm-hmm. a sense of purpose, yeah. feeling seen and known and loved. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. usually wanting to be rid of the sense of shame that I've screwed up this other area of my life, but mm. wanting to counteract that with something good. Ooh, I, girl, that's a word. Something that if we're honest, and that's why I just, I just want to go there and say, let's not be superficial and think that it's just about overachievers here. It's all of yeah. us. It doesn't yeah. matter what Enneagram number you are. It's yeah. all of us who ultimately mm-hmm. are, or if you're honest, that thing that you're most anxious to arrive at is usually pointing to a really deep longing in your soul that was meant to be satisfied by God alone. Mm, that is so and true. until we can identify what that is and look to the word to see how God chose to fulfill those longings himself through mm-hmm. the person of Christ, we're going to keep running on the hamster wheel mm-hmm. of striving and achievement mm-hmm. and trying to find and pursue that destination that we think will fix everything. That is great. That is so great. So, cause, so really at the essence of it, and there's this book by Larry Crabb called Inside Out that I adore mm. because it's very much about this belonging of the soul and all that. Um, so really at the essence of it, when we're striving or obsessed with a goal or some end result of something, we need to take pause and unpack and say, really, there's something in there I'm striving for that only God can meet. Yes. And let me not deflect the work I need to do with the Lord and just put it on this goal that, I, that seems achievable. Because I think that's what yeah. it is. With the, with the Lord, the work is hard and it's slow and yes. you don't see a result right away. And you're like, you know what? Or I could just be a good parent or I could work hard on my career because at least that stuff is tangible. I can see how I'm moving. I mean, the work of the Lord and getting those needs met from him, even though we know, well, I think most of us know, sometimes we don't know, but even once we're convinced that only God can do it, then you're just like, oh, <laughs> so much work, Lord. And, and three years in dealing with my trust issues or dealing with my abandonment issues or dealing yeah. with my, my view of myself, I feel like, yes. God, have I progressed? Oh, yeah. my Lord. So then you, the work is, is can be so... Um, it's not that it's unsatisfying. It's just that it's, it's at God's pace, you know, and he, he kind of brings you along in a way that he knows how to bring you along. And it's usually uncomfortable. And it's usually um, not something where everybody else can look and say, oh my gosh, Jada, I, I know that, you know, a month ago, you wanted to say this when somebody did that to you. And this time you didn't want to say that. They don't know that. That's just between you and the Lord that you're Mm -hmm. growing in that area. And so it just doesn't give us that, external praise or measurement that that I think some of those other things can give and so we end up trading really the only thing the thing that only God can do for something lesser that just seems more measurable well absolutely (laughs) more easily achieved yes and and the reason why self-help books ultimately for all the good tools sell so well and why we our bookstores are aligned with the next Mm -hmm. best formula to losing weight having the life you want um, Mm -hmm. being the best parent optimizing 
you know, self-optimization, manifesting yeah. your future, all those your things. Life. The reason why those seem to work is because the answer seems to be in ourselves. We're, yes. we're told repeatedly, mm. just keep looking inward. Yep. If you can figure out what you need, you just make that supreme and you'll mm. get everything you want. But the reason why it's so hard to do what you just talked about, Jada, is because the gospel is about us not looking and trusting into ourselves, but to yeah. die to ourselves and mm-hmm. look and trust to a holy God and mm-hmm. saying, I can't, you can. And that means that you're no longer in control. That means you're no longer yeah. the hero of your own life. You're not putting yourself as supreme. You're putting Jesus Christ as sovereign and supreme. Yeah. And how sexy is that? You know, yeah. it's just no. not, it's just, it just doesn't. It's sexy to happen. say, it's sexy to say. It's, it is. God's it control, is. Jesus is the yes. head of my life. God, I but give everything to the Lord. But, but that's what I'm so fascinated by. And the reason why I ultimately wrote the book is because I'm going, wait, as Christian women, why do we keep saying, if Jesus is all that we say, is everything to us, if we keep saying that, why do we walk around limping along like we're exhausted and we don't have everything we need and we don't know how to like step into our callings? We're constantly wondering, am I enough? Am I enough? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not putting myself outside of this equation. I'm saying I see it in myself at times. Yeah. And so yeah. then it's that word that you used earlier. It's about realigning and saying, mm. where have I gotten off track and caused myself and started thinking that mm. I hold the answer within myself? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And at some point you, oh, Ruth, that's hard. That's, that speaks to one of my burdens for even the local church. Cause I think that that comes out in our messaging because we are afraid to dig too deeply into just the holy adoration and worship of God just for who he is mm-hmm. that we we need to quickly turn that corner to love God because then you'll know you're enough <laughs> love God because then you'll find purpose love God because then yes. you'll have victory yes. like it is uncomfortable for us to just sit in I love God yeah. and before he answers something before he relieves an insecurity before he does all these things and I fine I'm enough I'm qualified but but that should not excite me more than Jesus is supreme like it's just that's a hard thing that's for believers (laughs) so you know we're sending these jacked up messages to the world come to the world because then he will fix your life and he'll make your life better yeah and and so man I think we reduce him and we reduce the gospel down to a formula of self-help in itself yeah. um it's so sad i think yeah. this book is going to be so good for believers to to reassess where they may be trying to you know <laughs> outwork god or, or work against mm-hmm. god's god's pace or god's movement in their own life because they have some goal um or something they're trying to attain that is becoming more important than god himself so i i'm yeah. excited about this Thank you, Pam. Yeah, thank you for sharing it. I um, I want to ask you too a little bit about uh, purpose and ministry and all those wonderful mm-hmm. buzzwords because I'm always fascinated when I love the uniqueness of our stories and I love, you know, if someone says, "Oh, I want to be in ministry" or "I want to teach or speak or whatever your thing is," it most people are not like, "Oh, I think I'm going. I think I should start out as an artist." <laughs> So I love when God takes these gifts that might seem disconnected to these other things, which is why you don't pursue a platform. You don't pursue Mm -hmm. a stage. You don't pursue 
a publisher. You you pursue your your purpose and the thing that God's passioned you for, and then He creates all these yeah. spaces that you could not have created. So tell me, I want to hear a little bit about when, like what what kind of birthed your love of art, and when you started making the connection with that being used to the glory. Of God. Mm, thanks so much for asking this, because I think sometimes people see how far Grace Lace has come and see the the things that I get to do through writing and painting and. And it might look like I aimed hard after becoming a, an artist and mm-hmm. a writer and a business owner. And the truth is, I really didn't actually ask the Lord. I didn't say, Lord, I have to use my giftings in this way. Mm-hmm. And I'm a 46-year-old. I turned 46 um, a couple of weeks ago. Ooh, good, and good in internet years, I think I'm kind of a late bloomer. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, when we're talking like the 20-somethings are all like feeling like they're behind yeah. if they don't have their platform yeah. going. I just want to be like, sweetie, what? <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, live, live your life, love the yeah. Lord. But, um, you know, my story is one that I, I love telling because the truth is when I got my fine arts degree, and that's a whole other story that you can read about in the book, but um, my fine arts degree came on the other side of just tapping out and feeling totally burned out with striving and achieving as a biochem major. Um, But when I graduated with a fine arts degree, everything in me wanted to strive and make myself known in the way, and not in an ungodly way, but kind Mm -hmm. of in a, well, if you're going to be an artist, you must do these things Mm -hmm. to be known, to be collected, to be, and you know what? Those doors were closed. I didn't Mm -hmm. feel freedom in it. I wasn't even sure what I had no real sense of purpose in it. And so that we're not here forever, I'll just speed up and say a whole decade of quiet went by where I was busy having children, Mm -hmm. serving alongside my pastor husband, counseling young couples after the babies went to bed, counseling young women while I was making dinner. Mm -hmm. I was doing local ministry without the cameras on. Nobody was hearing me write about it. There weren't Instagram posts telling all the devotional thoughts I thought for the day. The yeah. recipients of all that I was learning and growing in were just people in my life, were people at my yeah. kitchen table, were my children, my mm-hmm. spouse, like the, the people in my local church. And so years later, when there was more freedom and a little more room and social media became kind of like a little bit more commonplace, yeah. and this thing called Instagram. And I was mm-hmm. blogging. I was blogging at the time. And who knew about making money with blogging? I didn't even think I, yeah. what was that? Like, I didn't even know about that. I was just writing for me. And let's just let that be a lesson for whoever might be listening who goes like, how do you get published? I would just say long before I ever thought about publishing, I was writing, I was honing Mm -hmm. the craft of saying, Mm -hmm. I need to grow and I need to learn what it is to process this information and these thoughts. And I just wrote every day on this blog. And so then years later, and I mean, the blog's been around for 14 years, I think now. And, um, and then, so about seven or eight years ago, um, I was on Instagram and during that season, my youngest was, um, a little baby and we were homeschooling and there were lots of hands at the table and everybody was doing some math, doing some art. But once that baby went down for a nap, I pull out some paints and I'd say, well, I got to sit here and monitor your test anyway. Why don't I go ahead and do a little painting? Mm-hmm. Those were the very first, not that I didn't know how to paint beforehand. It was right. just something I kind of just thought I can't use this for the Lord. I don't see how right. this is going to be used for God because God uses all these things mm-hmm. like, you know, Bible mm-hmm. teachers and preachers and evangelists, like, how am I going to use my artwork for God? Um, so I wasn't even thinking that there was a connection there. I was just 
being faithful in my everyday life. Mm -hmm. And while I was painting, it was an opportunity to just kind of say to the kids, like, oh, I read this verse this morning. I was going to think, I was thinking on it, made me think about painting this. And then I would share it on social media, just in a really quick little Instagram post. And before you knew it, I was making this connection between thoughts about the Lord and things that I would draw or paint and making that a connection where the visual and the doctrinal or even the mm. biblical would mm-hmm. connect. And, um, you know, Jada, I never sat out for that. I, I wasn't like, let me write a profile. Um, let me, let me set my profile to say lover of all, you know, art and writing together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was simply trying to live out mm-hmm. and use what I had at my disposal. And that was a pen or some paper and some watercolors. And turns out this gifting that I had to paint. And I knew I had some gifting because I had graduated with a fine arts degree, didn't know how I was going to use it. But years later, and just trying to be faithful in my everyday life with my kids and put some visual in- inspiration to what I was growing in, mm-hmm. in words, that turned into something that ended up blessing people and became the first products in Grace Lace Shop years later. And so it's crazy. I love it. You know, when I share that, I, I just, I the takeaway, I think the takeaway for anyone listening is just everyone, everyone's story is different. And like you said, we all have unique stories. God could give you a platform that you didn't expect. God could mm-hmm. give you a career you didn't expect. But the one thing I think that's the truth, no matter what is he's always after your heart before he's after your dream coming true Mm. or you using that gift in some amazing way. He's really after our hearts. And so I don't know that I could fully come into using my gifts in such a freeing way until I was more capable of saying, Hey, I want to know you just Mm -hmm. to know you, not know you. So I could post it on Instagram, not know you so that I could go write a book about it or teach something about it. I just want to know you Lord. And that's when he literally just had other opportunities for me to bless people and to grow um, the way in which I was communicating those things. And it's been at least like eight years now, but Mm -hmm. super grateful that the Lord uses anything and everything we're willing to turn back to him. Oh, that is so good. I, I just love the, the unlikely stories that, that God puts together. I, I am the Bible teacher who has not attended seminary and who thought she was going to be in business and had an MBA and was on track. And <laughs> now here we are. And so I just love it when he kind of flips the script. And, yeah. and I think, you know, he does that for a number of reasons, because number one, he's not predictable. Number two, there's, we, we don't, we have, a, we don't have a case for, for getting the glory when he does mm-hmm. it in that unlikely way. And so I, I love it. And I hope, I know that's going to inspire somebody who probably has a passion or a gifting or a burden and they can be reminded not to be focused on how it's going to be used, but just to be diligent with it, just to um, be faithful with it, um, hone the craft, be better at it to the best. Start using it and serve one person. Just start Start serving one person. Yes. If you want to teach like Jada, teach to like one person, even the kids sitting at your kitchen table. I cannot tell you how many people have said, Hey, I think I want to teach and I want to do what you do. And I'm like, Oh, great. Who are you doing Bible study with right now? And they're like, well, I'm like, well, but if you, and this is not a judgment. It's just that our, our world is obsessed with the platform. And so I'm like, y'all this, I I was studying scripture and, and I remember when the Lord started to shift, how I was looking at scripture, not just to take it in for myself. I remember specifically, I was on a business trip in Seattle in a hotel room. 
and the Holy Spirit said, how would you teach this? And I was like, wow, why would I need, I wasn't married. I was like, what? This is yeah. marriage for everything. And I remember being in the mirror. I remember when the Lord was like, go look in the mirror and working on just random things, communication. How do I make this thought clear? It was the most disconnected <laughs> set of instructions from the Lord. But, but I remember Bible study in college when I wasn't even all the way living right. And I was still having girls come to my house and Lord knows what I taught them because I was still learning the Bible. I pray, I pray for their protection. <laughs> I pray for the protection of people I taught in my early years all the time. I'm like, Lord Jesus. But, but it, God does do things that when you, when you do come to some place, some unexpected place of influence or place of exposure, we can always, even if it was unexpected, look back at our lives and say, I see what God was doing. Yeah, it is never this unexpected, oh, opportunity out of the blue, go do it. As a matter of fact, when they're so disconnected from how God's been working in your life, man, you might need to lean toward no, because every good opportunity is not God moving you um, to the place he wants you. So I love that. I love that part of your story. And I wanted to make sure people know that whatever they're good at, however they became good at it, God can use it in some really unexpected ways. So I want to end with a couple of questions. And one is, do you have a bucket list? And if so, give us one or two great things that's on it. And number two, tell me the thing you're most excited about in this season of life, whether it's because your kids are a certain age or in your ministry or in your beautifully renovated home that again, I live vicariously through your Instagram. Uh, But anything, give me one thing that you're super excited about in this season and then anything off your bucket list. Mm, Okay. Well, let me start with the bucket list. I would say, um, you know, COVID put a big damper on this, but um, I was born in Taiwan and Mm -hmm. I have not yet returned to my birthplace. And I've always wanted to take my kids back to Taiwan, eat all the foods. I mean, I was a child, but I know the foods that um, are are familiar to me. And, you know, I, Troy and I taught English um, when we were in seminary, taught English for a summer in China. And Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to take our boys to walk the Great Wall of China just for mm-hmm. the history. My my parents were born to their parents who were escaping communism in 49. Mm-hmm. My dad was born on a boat between China and Taiwan. And here. my mom was born in Taiwan after and never, her mom never saw her family again. And so China holds a sad but important history lesson for um, my family and, um, and Taiwan is my birthplace. So that's a major bucket list thing. Um, Taking my family to Israel is another one. We've part Mm. of our family has been to Israel, but so some, some of the bucket list things are travel, but everyday bucket list thing, I got to just tell you, and this kind of flows into something I'm really enjoying in the season is I'm starting to creep into that adult children world, which I, I look at your life. I literally go, Jada, I'm telling you, girl, it's so worth it. It's coming right now. It may not feel like it. It may feel like you're still having to do the, like, oh my goodness, can I show you how to clean the bathroom again? Yeah. (laughs) It it turns into this amazing thing where your children literally, in spite of all the things that you think you've failed at, turn out to be little people who you would really enjoy being around. And so Mm -hmm. on my bucket list is probably taking a trip with one of my sons, like my sons individually and spending special time with them. But but that's the new season I'm in. So one of the Mm -hmm. most special things right now is probably entering a new season where each of my 
older sons, I have like a special relationship with them. We talk about things that are different than what we talk about with everybody else. And so it's something I don't think I quite anticipated. I think we're Mm -hmm. told all the time, like either we're told teen years are really hard or we go, oh, you know, well, as a boy mom, I'm always told that girls are easier, but you know, we're told all sorts of things. Yeah. We're not usually told it's so wonderful. It's so Mm -hmm. wonderful. And so um, I'm really enjoying this season where I can Mm -hmm. only say, you know, for all the ways in which I wish I had done it probably better. I wish I had been wiser. Um, God's been really faithful and Mm -hmm. just been able to enjoy my children and who they're becoming. And doesn't mean that we still don't have hard days and hard conversations. And the little one is eight and he still has quite a few Mm-hmm. you know, disciplinary mm-hmm. issues, you know? Yeah. And so that absolutely is still the case, but um, I'm really, really enjoying that. And then I think the other thing that I'm really enjoying in the season is that I'm finally, it takes years to grow a team. I'm not, Gracelace is not one of those organizations where we suddenly were super well-funded and we mm-hmm. suddenly had a hundred people. It's been little by little for anyone who's followed my journey. It's been a slow growth. Mm-hmm. And um but I invest and mm-hmm. each of our team members are young women that I've really been able to pour into and love. That's and so awesome. we just have a dynamic and a, and a beyond employment kind of relationship where we get to really make sure that this season of life that we're walking together is one that counts for eternity. And so I just think it's, it's a really good season where I'm learning that who I am on stage and mm-hmm. on paper and online, mm-hmm. um, it's only sustainable when I'm that exact same person behind the scenes mm-hmm. in my everyday real life with the local community, with people who don't know what Instagram is with, right. um, and living that out in a real way. So I'm working through that and growing mm-hmm. in that as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Man, friend, so good to talk to you and, and see your face, even though our audience wants to see your face. They will be glad that I got to see your face. <laughs> wow. It's, and, uh, I can't wait to hug your neck next. I know. I know. Hopefully we'll be at something soon together. But man, yeah. you, whether our conversations are short or in person or on the phone, I, I really don't say this lightly, but you always bring a sense of refreshment or kind of okayness, if that's a word. Like When I finish talking to you, I feel like, you know what? It's gonna all be all right, and 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 it's not even if you don't speak directly into whatever I'm was on my mind. You have a you have a balancing kind of grounding nature about you, and I know life's not perfect, and you're busy, and we all have our things we're wrestling with. But it's a gift because I don't think you even realize you're doing it all the time. But it is. I do. It's I'm great. so grateful to hear that yeah. because I feel I mean, like you a, really a do. chaotic mess. But yes, you do, and you I appreciate it. Well, you, you speak it. into my life all the time, and like I said, I'm I'm tuning in whenever you've got your teaching going, and, and I'm always <laughs> grateful. Thank you for using your gifts. Yes, and now, so all the places we can find you still you, do your blog. You know, our team overall, we blog together at gracelace.com, but gracelace.com is where you can find my artwork and my products. And if you want to let me encourage you on the daily, I'm over at Instagram at Ruth Jo Simons, R-U-T-H-C-H-O-U-S-I-M-O-N-S. And um, my new book, When Striving Cease, is everywhere books are sold, including Target. So yeah, when you make Target, you really have a lot. Well, I'm super (laughs) grateful that someone... Picking up some downy can maybe find it, you know. So that's what I'm thinking. Anyway, thank you so much, Ruth. You, I sure appreciate your time. I love you. Praying for your ministry, praying for family. Thank you so much for what you've spoken to us today.
Love you, friend. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, make sure and leave a comment or review and share and subscribe. Have a great one.